Hello and welcome to the Headache Doctor podcast. I'm Dr. Taves and it's my mission to empower everyone with headaches and migraines to break free from a life of fear and dependence and thrive in everything you do. Now, what that entails for today's podcast is talking about all the different types of pain that you might experience and understanding what is happening in your body to provide those types of sensations. Now, more specifically, what I mean is patients will have uh, what they feel like is nerve pain, or, or maybe they'll they'll note muscle tension, or maybe they'll describe a throbbing sensation, or possibly you're dealing with a visual disturbance or an aura, or potentially nausea, or what we call hemiplegic migraines, where you feel like you're having a stroke, or half of your body is kind of going numb, or maybe you're experiencing uh, weakness to some extent. So we are going to go through those different symptoms and talk about where those are coming from. Now, I'll tell you up front that I don't have good answers for all of those, but for a lot of them, I, I think I do. And so we will kind of, uh, I will kind of take you through my thought process, my experience, and, and what I know of headaches and migraines, and how I can explain where most of these symptoms come from. Uh, we've talked before about how, actually a uh, couple podcasts ago, it was talking about how you can't rely on your diagnosis because it's based off of symptoms. And so instead of just taking this at the symptom level and assuming that the, the diagnosis was correct, I'm going to show you how I think. So when I talk to a patient, when I interview a patient during what we call our free discovery visit, I'm asking them specifically what their pain presents like, how frequently they get headaches, if it comes and goes or if it's constant, and then I'm having them describe their pain. So I'm going to talk you through how I think through that uh, as a provider and then just kind of tell you where I think that type of pain is coming from and, and maybe what that indicates for treatment. So this podcast is explaining the different types of pain that you might experience with headaches and migraines. So the first question, I have a, a pretty big following on TikTok. If you're not on TikTok, you can find me there and I post videos. You can also follow me on Instagram. But somebody asked the other day, they asked, is my pain nerve pain or is it joint pain? And they were asking because they had talked to a neurologist who had mentioned that their pain is more of a nerve type pain. Now, oftentimes patients don't understand what that means. And um, and so when we say nerve pain, I want to sort of dive into that. And uh, let's figure out what nerve pain should feel like or how you at home can understand what nerve pain is. So a nerve pain can mean a variety of things. But let's say, for example, that you're getting a sharp stabbing sensation. Oftentimes that sharp stabbing sensation is going to be diagnosed as like a trigeminal neuralgia or an occipital neuralgia. Now, the trigeminal and the occipital nerve do carry sensory information from the head and the face. So the occipital nerve kind of runs from the upper part of the neck, the back of the head, and kind of up and around. There's a greater and a lesser occipital nerve. And then the trigeminal nerve is it's carrying sensation from kind of the temple region, the eye, the jaw. And so there's three different branches of that. And when we talk about trigeminal or occipital neuralgia, essentially what that's saying is that the nerve itself is irritated. Potentially there's inflammation in the nerve. And so that nerve, when it's irritated, uh, is going to present as like a sharp 
a stabbing, maybe a burning sensation. And so when patients describe their pain as sharp stabbing or burning, oftentimes that means that the nerve itself is irritated. Now, the occipital nerve, it's important to understand that the occipital nerve has sort of a pathway from the brainstem through this, uh, the spinal column, and then it takes passage through a couple of these muscles in the suboccipital area. So when I say suboccipital, it's just that sort of tender spot area in your neck. If you have headaches and migraines, you're probably familiar with it. So base of the skull, top part of the neck. Now there's several, several different layers of muscles, but the, uh, the occipital nerve sort of pierces one of the, the bigger muscle, larger muscles in that area so called the semispinalis capitis. And it, it has close uh, sort of proximity to these other muscles in that region. And so if there's tension that develops and potential inflammation or irritation in that area, the nerve itself can be irritated. And so the nerve will respond to pressure changes or sort of that loss of, of space that it's used to. And um, we also know that nerves, and I, I work with this not just in the head, but also kind of in the shoulders. If we do a nerve glide, so what's happening is the nerve is wanting to accommodate to different positions our head or our neck is in. And so the, the nerve actually needs to move through the body. And so if the, if the nerve is sort of tacked down because of tension or a loss of movement, that nerve can present with irritation and it can be a source of pain itself. So we have to understand that the nerve can be sending a pain signal, but there can be a very mechanical sort of solution to the, the nerve being irritated. So don't think just because you're having a nerve type pain means that you need to inject a steroid into the nerve or something like that, because it's not necessarily true. So that sharp burning sensation is typically a nerve type pain. And that's, that's what oftentimes will lead providers down the diagnosis of trigeminal or occipital neuralgia. Now, the joint, when the joint is irritated, there's a couple things that can happen. The joint typically will respond with like a deep achy pain. If you think of someone that has arthritis in their knees or in their joints, they'll just be like deep and achy. They won't really want to move. It'll feel stiff. So most patients with headaches or migraines will have sort of a stiff neck, um, but that sort of deep achiness in the neck sometimes is the joint saying that it's not happy, okay? So the joint wants to move, and when the joint doesn't move, that's when those tissues around the joint tighten up. Now, the joint itself could potentially be a source of pain, but it's likely going to be what we call soft tissue around the joint. So this is the ligaments, the tendons, the structures that hold the joint together. So when the joint doesn't move, those structures adapt to that shortened position or the loss of movement. So if you think of an elastic band or rubber band that wants to extend and relax, extend and relax, so if it doesn't get that sort of movement, it might lose its elasticity. So the same is true for uh, these types of tissues in the body. If we don't use the motion that's available, we lose it. It's something we said in PT school all the time. If you don't use it, you lose it. So we want to use the joint. We want to allow it to move. And if the joint doesn't move, it can present with a sort of deep achiness but the tissues around it are more likely the source of pain, okay? So that's how the joint would present. Now, if it's a muscle-type pain, what's happening is those muscles are trying to move the joint, but the joint's not moving, so the muscles get fatigued, and the muscles become irritated. Now, it can either be because they're trying to move a joint or because your sitting posture throughout the day is increasing the amount of tension through your neck or your shoulders. So think of these muscles 
as being equipped for a specific task. And let's say that task is something that different muscles are, like say, they're called type 2 fiber muscles. And these are the fast twitch, like what sprinters want. So the type 2 fibers are not necessarily intended to do a low load activity for a long period of time. They're meant to be quick and do these big, heavy, um, larger movements throughout the day, but then they want to rest. And so if we don't give it that rest and we're requiring it to, to basically hold our head up for eight hours a day, those fast twitch type 2 fibers are going to be worn out and kind of frustrated with us. So what happens when that tension develops is uh, there's different fibers in that muscle that will kind of ball up. They want to protect themselves, and so those fibers will tighten up, and they'll create what's called a trigger point. And a trigger point is kind of this pee. It feels like a pee under the skin in the muscle belly itself. And then when you push on it, or even without pushing on it, it can refer pain somewhere else in the body. And so, and, and this is what we're all very familiar with, these knots in the muscles. And so those knots are basically telling you that the that muscle is fatigued because it's been you've been asking it to do something that it hasn't really been equipped to do. So to get rid of that knot, and the reason we want to get rid of it is because it restricts blood flow to that area because those fibers are all tight, so it's limiting the amount of circulation through that part of the muscle. So if you put direct pressure on it, what's actually happening is uh, there's these different cells within the muscle itself that pick up on the amount of pressure you're placing through it, and they say, okay, there's an outside source that potentially is going to be harmful to us. We need to relax because it doesn't like that pressure. And so your body, after about 15 seconds of, of deep pressure, will automatically tell the muscle to relax. And so that's that's kind of the treatment approach for muscle tension. But that that tension that develops is because we're asking a muscle that is used to doing one thing to do something else. So what ideally we want to do is have the type 1 fibers, the fibers that are intended for posturing throughout the day, they, they want that low load for a prolonged period of time. And typically these are really weak and they um, we're not utilizing them like we should. So this type of pain, this muscle pain, typically presents as like this achiness that wraps up and around the head and uh, usually is just sort of dis starts as like a discomfort in the shoulders or in the neck. And so we just can't really find a comfortable position and our muscles are just kind of like, oh, I'm tired, I'm achy, I'm not happy. If those trigger points are what we call active trigger points, they will actually, um, just throughout the day, they will send pain into another part of the body. And this isn't necessarily described as sharp or shooting. It's probably more on the dull, achy type of sensation. But the shoulder has a few spots it'll refer pain. The upper part of the shoulder, like in to the upper trap and what we call the levator scapula, that portion of the shoulder can send pain into the head. And so there's these different trigger points that can cause um, headache type pain. That's what's happening with muscle type pain. That's how what I think about muscle type pain when people are having this shoulder tension and it wraps up and around both sides of the head. Sometimes it's rests in the forehead, that type of thing. All right, so when you think of a migraine, Oftentimes, patients will describe it as a, a one-sided throbbing sensation. What's happening with uh, that throbbing sensation? Where is that throbbing or that pulsating coming from? Isn't it a vascular problem, and don't I need to take propanolol for the rest of my life? Um, likely not. Now, that throbbing sensation and the fact that propanolol, which is a kind of a blood pressure medication or a heart medication, the reason that we've assumed that migraines are a vascular problem is because that helps. Now, 
what I believe is happening is that your central nervous system, your brain is getting a pain signal. Okay. Now, before it gets that pain signal, I've talked about this before, it meets up with other sensory nerves. And so the brain is kind of confusing where, where the actual tissue damage is. And so other things become sensitized and those blood vessels in the head can become uh, hypersensitive. And so that sort of throbbing sensation is a response to just sort of an intense pain signal. The brain is on hyper alert. There's other things that it's going to think are happening. And one of those sort of overlaps or side effects of having an intense pain signal and the brain becoming hypersensitive to these other sensory inputs is that now the, the sort of like pounding sensation, which you shouldn't feel, which shouldn't be a painful response, is now a painful response. And so that's how I describe that sort of throbbing sensation that a typical migraine will present with. All right, jaw pain. So jaw pain, if you have pain in the temples, there's a muscle called the temporalis, and that temporalis muscle is a jaw muscle. It helps to close the jaw. And so there's there's a couple trigger points or those knots that can be found kind of in the temple area. So if you have any sort of jaw popping, clicking, or pain in the jaw, and you have pain in the temple, typically that's a muscle type pain that comes from the jaw having increased stress throughout the day. If your jaw hurts, that's going to be something that's going to cue me in to thinking, okay, your neck is likely the source of tension. That tension is traveling into the jaw, and then the jaw is slightly dysfunctional so that there's more stress placed on the jaw when you open and close your mouth. And so that can also be corrected. Uh, but what happens in the jaw is the joint itself can become irritated, the muscles around the jaw. So again, if we think of the body compensating, we're asking these, these bigger fast twitch muscles to do this uh, sort of prolonged low load activity. We're just always sort of clenching or carrying tension in the jaw so the muscle becomes fatigued. Things like that can happen and lead to jaw pain. All right, and then we get into some of the trickier ones. So when we think of migraines, it's accompanied by this sort of like sensitivity to light and sound, maybe the aura or visual disturbances. And then we get the nausea. So how I how I explain these, and this, these are the ones in the category of like, I don't think anyone really has a clear definition or like here's exactly what's happening. But in my mind, I can make sense of it because just like I talked about that throbbing sensation, it's sort of like a side effect of just this intense pain response. So when your brain is getting this in intense pain signal, likely from the neck, what's happening is it's becoming... Uh, overloaded with this signal and it becomes sort of hypersensitive to these other sensory inputs. Now, if you think of our visual, visual system as a sensory input, I have patients that go to optometrists, ophthalmologists, they get every test under the sun, they get an MRI, CT scan. There's nothing wrong with their vision. Um, their visual system is working fine, but the way the brain is perceiving their visual input when they have intense pain is changing. And oftentimes that's like it's an aura, so it happens prior to the onset of pain, but it's your body saying like, oh my gosh, something's wrong. You know, every everything needs to be in this heightened sense of um, state of alarm, state of alert. And so the, the visual input can be changed or interpreted as being different than what it actually is when your eyeball is fine, the nerve that connects to your occipital lobe is fine. And so it's not necessarily telling you there, there's something wrong with your visual system other than how your brain is interpreting vision at that moment. 
So along those same lines is like the, the hemiplegic migraine. So patients will come to see me after they've had what feels like a stroke. They feel like, okay, one half of my body went numb. I couldn't feel my, my left arm. Um, it's really scary and it, it's temporary. So it's brief. So it, it will happen. And then once the migraine's done, it'll be gone. And uh, I, I explain that in the same type of way. So this that's just another sensory input that the brain is interpreting incorrectly because of this intense pain signal that it's having to deal with. Nausea is similar. So nausea can be, there, there can be a couple things going on here. When a patient says they're nauseous, it could be that their neck has so much tension that their vestibular system and their visual system along with their neck are trying to give the brain all of this information so that the brain can receive that and orient themselves to the space around them. Now, if if the neck has an increased amount of tension, that's a portion of the input the brain needs so that we aren't dizzy throughout the day. And if that signal is off by a certain amount, then we might experience a dizziness. Now, a dizziness that's from the neck is called a cervicogenic dizziness. It's not uncommon, and it is something that uh, you can find with, and hopefully you can find it with a kind of quick Google search. But essentially, it's telling you that the neck has tension in it, and that tension is sending, I'll call it like a faulty signal to the brain. And even though your visual system and your vestibular system are working okay, you can still feel like you're off balance or like you're dizzy, and sometimes that causes nausea. All right. The other thing that can happen is probably more common with when you're in the midst of like this debilitating pain is you feel nauseous because of that intense pain signal. We, we see this with other things like if, I mean, you can have pain in other spots of the body. So like you can fracture your femur, which is incredibly painful and be so nauseous because of that pain signal being so strong. So things like that can occur. I believe things like this occur, like the visual disturbance, the nausea, and again, the sensitivities to lights and sounds are, again, just a side effect of this intense pain signal. And then other sort of sensory inputs become hypersensitive as well. And so any sort of bright lights or strong sense can be an irritant or trigger that sort of migraine pain or it can trigger a migraine. So I hope that makes sense. I know it's probably not a perfect explanation, but I think it's a pretty good one. And if I can explain why your symptoms are there and source them back to the neck, that is a great thing for you because what that means is that we found something objective that we can treat. And that's what I'm all about. I'm all about finding something objective that we can treat because that means you can get your life back. When I talk about breaking free of fear and dependence, I'm talking about fear of your next headache or migraine day and dependence on medication. And so we want to find that objective thing and we want to treat it. And that objective thing is typically this loss of movement in the neck. And if we can improve upon that, it can really knock out just about any of these symptoms that I listed. So whether that's nerve pain or joint pain or that throbbing sensation that's coming from the blood vessels, or if that's the pressure, which again, I think I may have skipped over this one, pressure changes. We'll hit on this really quick. If you feel a trigger because you drive up to the mountains or you fly in a plane, the tension in your neck can be affecting the eustachian tube function and it can be difficult for your head and your neck to regulate pressure changes. So if you feel like your head's going to explode or that there's pressure building, um, likely it's because of the tension disrupting eustachian tube function. And with that goes ear pressure, ear pain, uh, tinnitus, or ringing the ears, stuff like that.
So there's my list of symptoms. When I'm talking to someone, that's how I think through what is happening and how am I going to solve this for the patient. I hope you find that helpful. Continue to listen every week to this podcast. If you want to feel empowered, if you are out there suffering with headaches and migraines, and please do share this with someone who may find it helpful. Uh, Thanks again for listening. I'm Dr. Taves, and this is the Headache Doctor Podcast. 